It's time to face the elephant in the room again. How can you lead meaningful conversations to promote opportunity and racial equity in the workplace? Listen to this episode of Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of growth. On the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And sitting right across from me, as always, is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, Scott. Hi, Pam. It's great to be with you again. And as always, the purpose of our podcasts is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas for visionary leaders to accelerate momentum for themselves and their companies through their next level of game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. And Pam, here we are again. Racial injustice and racism are at the forefront of the world's attention, this time sparked by the killing of George Floyd and other black Americans. This situation is not only horrific, it is frustrating. It's frustrating because this issue seems to have a pattern. Something terrible happens, there's a crescendo of noise and upset, and then the issue goes back to becoming an elephant in the room again. We've got to change the game if we're going to end this cycle. It's a huge issue to be sure. While we as leaders can't change the whole world, we can make a game-changing difference for our own lives and for the people impacted by our companies and organizations. This starts and continues by leading what we call critical conversations to confront the elephants in the room that are keeping the status quo in force. These are the issues that everyone knows exist, but nobody wants to talk about. Done effectively, these courageous conversations can lead to new insights about ourselves and others, and that in turn can lead to new decisions and new actions that put us on a new path for creating opportunity and equity for all. For instance, back in 2016, Chris Rock decided to face racial injustice and racism in the entertainment industry. He did this head-on in his opening monologue as host of the Oscar Awards. It was such a powerful moment, and it was a game-changer. It sparked conversations in the Academy that led them to decide and take action to change their criteria for membership, nomination, and their voting process. We actually took this as an opportunity to keep the conversation alive about the critical importance of addressing elephants in the room about all kinds of issues. You can listen to Chris Rock's monologue by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 175, and click on the link in resources. We'll also have a link on that page to a more recent example of confronting an elephant in the room. In Jimmy Fallon's opening on The Tonight Show on June 1st, 2020, he addressed the controversy that has erupted over his blackface impersonation of his friend Chris Rock. He did it years ago. On Saturday Night Live. Wow. 
He apologized and immediately acted upon his pledge to hold himself accountable for deepening his understanding of racial justice through frank and emotional conversations with the president of the NAACP and others. That was such a powerful conversation. It was very powerful, and it touched both of us deeply. So with that in mind, please listen with fresh ears to the conversation that Pam and I had about what it takes to lead meaningful conversations to confront and keep confronting the elephant in the room about racial justice and opportunity in the workplace. So Pam, we just watched the Academy Awards ceremony again this year, and uh, this year it was pretty different. That's right. It was exciting. New pictures in the paper. New pictures in the paper. You know, usually the morning after we read about the best actor, the best actress, best picture. Mm -hmm. This year, the headlines were pretty different. Chris Rock rocks. Chris Rock takes on diversity. The elephant in the room was that... The Oscars nominations had no people of color in them. And this year, people got pretty angry about that. That's right. It was a huge issue. And of course, the elephant in the room, the things that people weren't talking about, that room was more than the Dolby Theater in Los Angeles. It was, of course, being played out in a very large arena and had been going on for quite a while. The thing that to me is interesting about this is that, first of all, elephants exist in every industry and in every company. It's inevitable because it's a human issue. So the Academy Awards elephant is just an example. That's right. So it's a great learning experience for us because many people have been following it. And I think the first thing that really struck me about this was that we all need to deal with this. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's even though it doesn't need to be stated, it needs to be stated that the larger the elephant, the more important it is to get it out there. And how we deal with the elephants in the room, our secrets as it is, is often really the defining factor in whether or not we're going to achieve success. So making a decision about what to do is is really important. And here Chris Rock had to make a decision. What role was he going to play in this drama of mm-hmm. the lack of diversity? Well, let's take this. Let's let's explore it a little bit because there were different choices that Chris Rock could have made. Well, sure. First of all, of course it wasn't just his decision to make alone. Everybody had a role in this. The Academy, for instance, had to make some decisions about what they were going to do. Yeah. And in digging around on this, uh, I read an article in Variety that was talking about the fact that, of course, the first thing they did when it became closer to the time when when the show was going to go on is they had to find out if Chris Rock was going to follow some of his colleagues like Will Smith and his wife and walk or whether he was going to, in fact, be the host. And so that decision that Chris Rock made to go ahead and be the host, be part of the actual formal program, has ripple effects. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things, first of all, is that, again, the Academy is making the choices as well. So there's the decisions that the Academy is making, Mm -hmm. the decisions that Chris Rock was making, and even the decisions of the viewers to tune in. Well, that's right. You think about that. Yeah. So by being the host, he put his voice in the room. Mm -hmm. He was able to, in some small way, take control of the issue, bring it to the fore, and say, Mm -hmm. okay, here it is. What are we going to do What would have happened? Let's talk about what would have happened if he had boycotted 
If he'd boycotted, his voice would have been absent. It would have been, it would have actually, not only would his voice have been absent, but it would have encouraged a rage. Mm. And the more that people run away, it sends a message as well. Everything Mm -hmm. you do sends a message. We're going to avoid this. So we're going to avoid this. We're not going to face it. And the Academy Awards, the Oscars, would have gone on. Yeah, that's and he what he was, said. Which he was right. Yeah. It would have gone on because he actually talked about the choices that he had to make. And that was a brave thing to do. Mm-hmm. But the fact was that it would have encouraged that elephant to only grow bigger. And of course, another decision he could have made that probably would have made an even bigger and more vicious elephant would have been to have been the host, but to have been the funny man and glossed over and sort of danced around the issue, not really taken Mm -hmm. it head on. And that's... We don't don't want to talk about this. We don't want to offend anybody. And that is promoting the elephant in the room for sure. And in many companies that we've been in and that we've we've helped, that is exactly what people do. They know something's going on, but... Not after we help them. Not after we help them, but when we come in, <laughs> they, they know something's going on, they're not addressing it. That's and another a, decision. That's right. So the decision here is, what is my role going to be? Mm-hmm. And really, the more that you look at the, the ripple effect, the implications mm-hmm. of any decision you make, it makes it that much clearer what you have to do. Now, recognize also that Chris Rock had to decide whether he was going to be okay. He was on a, he was a man on a mission. Mm-hmm. And that also goes to a point, which is that the audience was not always comfortable with what he was talking about. It's okay, you know, if you're there to make people think discomfort is always part of that conversation. And we'll talk about that later. Right now, what I want to emphasize is that the decisions we make have real implications, real ripple effects, and you have to watch for that. The third thing that I think we can really see is that there's always a a, a reason why elephants grow. Yeah, well, we know that the elephant in the room is bad, you know, that people should face issues and, and work it out together. We leaders go to a great deal of effort to make comfortable environments for people we all to do. face things. So okay, we know it's we That's, know should we we should be doing it. Why not? Why in every environment we ever haven't gone into, do we encounter elephants in the room? Because number one, again, it's a human issue. And so all the things that go into being human factor into this. So over the years, this has been something that I've really specialized in and I've looked at all the reasons and I'm sure I've, I still will find more if I keep on looking, and I will. Yeah. In fact, a while back, we wrote a report called How to Take Control of the Elephant in the Room, where we talk about how to spot the elephants in the room and how to understand more about what feeds them. One of the things we don't discuss so much in that report is what's behind all those symptoms, which essentially is fear of vulnerability. And that's a good place for us to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk more about how this fear of vulnerability plays out when facing down elephants in the room. Stay with us. This is Growth Ignited's radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated. 
As always, we focus on enabling visionary C-suite leaders to accelerate momentum for game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. We're on the web at businessadvance.com. You know, Pam, neuroscientists tell us that when we're in a crisis, it's natural for our brains to go back to tried and true ways of dealing with similar situations. But this can present a real challenge to visionary leaders, especially in turbulent times like these. While relying on familiar solutions can work in a stable environment, it doesn't work when the rules no longer apply and we're in the uncharted territory of today. Yeah. That's where we come in as strategic growth advisors. Our clients have told us that we've helped them gain clarity, frame their challenges so they can make new, more powerful decisions, and most importantly, take new actions that have led to game-changing results. You can learn more by reading our success stories and testimonials on businessadvance.com. And to arrange for a brief call, click on contact us at businessadvance.com. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Today, Scott and I are talking about confronting elephants in the room and some of the things that we've been learning from Chris Rock and the Oscars, and especially talking about the issue of what's behind a lot of the symptoms we see when their elephants exist, and that is facing the fear of vulnerability. So the fear of vulnerability, what is that? It's feeling exposed, it's feeling in danger. Well, I think the best way to talk about it just briefly right now is from Brene Brown, who wrote a book called Daring Greatly. And her definition of vulnerability mm -hmm is uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. So it's the combination mm -hmm. of those things. A good way to illustrate this is through a story you and I both know pretty well. And that's a company that we encountered. Uh, the leader was very visionary mm -hmm. and they were doing quite well. They were entering into new markets. The big, big challenge they were facing was despite everybody being all jazzed up, they're all excited about this. They see the why, you know, all the things that you would expect people to be doing if they're ready to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Nothing was happening on schedule. Right. The milestones are being missed. Checkpoints are being missed. So it was clear to this leader that he had to do something different or he would be off track and it would be very difficult or even impossible to recover. Way so in the big weeds. stakes. Yeah. And so he was confused because his executive team you know, was in agreement. They all they all agreed on on the goals and milestones and concepts of what would happen. But when he would check with them, they would say, Oh, you know, we've got these other priorities that are also important. Mm -hmm. And but yeah, as you said, ding, 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 some, something's not right. So this is a common scenario for elephants in the room. Mm -hmm. Now, nobody goes around usually saying, hey, we have a bunch of elephants here. Or we're going to avoid having a conversation with you. That's right. <laughs> but this is something that would be uh, an indicator that it might be happening. So in this case, in the course of the project, we were able to unearth some very important things. First of all, we were able to gain agreement on both sides that it was important for us to come in and talk with people. Mm -hmm. And here's what we found out. So on the side of the executives, what was that? 
It was really interesting because not only were they not really talking to our client, they weren't talking to each other. But over and over as we spoke to each one individually, a theme came out. Uh, You know, I've got obstacles here that are really beyond my control that are preventing me from doing the things that need to happen. But I, I don't know how to deal with them. So they were not certain. So there was the uncertainty element. There was the uncertainty element. And also, I should be able to handle this. So the risk of looking incompetent Mm -hmm. and then emotional exposure? Well, it was, you know, if I talk about this, am I going to feel weak? Am I going to be perceived as not valuable? Mm -hmm. What's going to happen? Exactly. Now, take that in parallel. So you've got the people you were talking about, the leader in this case was saying, I don't know uh, the best way to handle this. And if I push too hard, the one thing I know, I fear losing people that are essential to our success. Yeah. So he highly valued them. So again, it goes back to uncertainty and risk and the emotional exposure. You know, I like to know that I'm in control and I can make things happen. I can make things happen. And it took a lot of trust for him to decide to work with us Mm -hmm. and with them. And so the good news is that we were able to help them and we provided them with a safe environment and people realized that they actually did want the same things. The elephants in the room came out. They were willing to begin to talk with each other Mm -hmm. and actually be honest about what was happening. And through this, They were able to collaborate with each other on solutions that they never thought they could do before. The momentum they gained was tremendous, and they accelerated their deadlines and their goals by six months, which was worth millions of dollars. And that's the key, is to really work through the issues of vulnerability. And remember that the bottom line is there's always more to the story of why something's happening. So the vulnerability piece, uh, the being willing to have these conversations that are really critical Mm -hmm. uh, is what we call a critical conversation. And before you can make decisions that are effective about what to do next, these critical conversations are essential. Well, that's right, because what really is going on most of the time is far beyond the symptom, the thing that people don't like that may may bring them to the breaking point of saying, we have to do something about this. But because the folks who aren't talking to each other have their own perspectives, it it's kind of a secret. And you have to peel back all the layers and get to all the things that are going on. And then when they're out on the table, then you can actually do something. And that's a good place for us to take another quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more about critical conversations and answer some of the questions that people have asked us about how to foster them. Stay with us. You are listening to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated. We're on the web at businessadvance.com. Pam, it's critical to encourage high-quality conversations that increase engagement. Of course, the thing is that sometimes these conversations that really need to happen just don't happen for a variety of reasons. When we're in our own systems, it's easy for highly sensitive, unresolved issues to grow into elephants in the room. That is, everyone knows about these things, but no one wants to talk about it. 
And this leads to major problems that can stop momentum cold. Yeah. So how can you begin to take control of these issues as early as possible? Find out by downloading our special report called How to Take Control of the Elephant in the Room. So go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 175, scroll down to resources and click on the link to download your copy of How to Take Control of the Elephant in the Room. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Today, Scott and I have been talking about confronting the elephants in the room and some of the lessons we've learned from Chris Rock and our own experiences. We're dedicating this segment to answering your questions, some of the questions that we've been asked about how to deal with critical conversations, as we call them, before you make the decisions about how to take control of the elephant in the room. Okay, so the first one is, all right, well, I know that there's something going on, and I sense that there's an issue. How do I start this conversation, this difficult conversation? Well, the first thing is you have to decide who everyone is that you need to include. Sometimes it seems like it's just the people that are immediately surrounding you, Mm -hmm. but especially if you're dealing with uh, an issue that might include a partner. Mm -hmm. So whether it's a joint venture partner, whether it's a strategic alliance partner, whether it's a uh, provider of services, you have to make sure that you've got everybody involved who needs to be involved, the stakeholders. Okay. And the other thing is, once you're pretty well assured that you have those people, is to speak with the individuals ahead of time to help them feel safe. You know, a lot of times what we'll find is that if we ask, is this working for you? Yeah. Uh, they'll say, no, this situation is not working for me, but I don't know what to do. Going back to the fear mm-hmm. of vulnerability. And if you offer them a way to come forward, we want to make things better. People do want to improve the situation. Okay. And in those individual conversations, you may find that they know people who need to be included that you may not know. So it adds richness to that conversation. That's right. So another question we've had is, how do we keep these conversations from turning into a blaming session? Well, it's your fault. No, it's your fault. No, it's their fault. That's right. The first thing I want to say is to me, that is not candor. Okay. Candor is not finger pointing. Okay. So it generally tends to work best because we're talking about something that requires trust. Mm -hmm. Then we need to set the stage by looking at it from a positive outcome. What is it that we want to get from this conversation? And to approach it in a spirit of collaboration So seek something that everyone can agree on and contribute to. Okay. That's right. So even if you go back to the Academy Awards, uh, the Academy, according to the articles, has already started that process of diversifying beyond lip service and taking concrete actions. Collaboration has been a part of this, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And of course, it's too late for this year's awards, but they're going to have to keep the momentum going on the collaborative discussions Uh, in order for the big improvements to happen over time. Okay. So you talked about safe environment, creating a safe environment for the conversations. Okay. uh, That's nice in theory. It doesn't always feel safe. How, how, How can leaders who want to have that critical conversation create that safe environment? 
it starts with bringing people into you. So we talked about having this invitation Mm -hmm. to join in. Once people are together, it's about setting ground rules and saying, look, this is going to be a positive conversation. No finger pointing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are There's plenty of things to go around. What we want to do is to seek an outcome that's going to get us towards that big purpose that we're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. together. And at the same time, as a leader, mm-hmm. it's important to keep track of not just the content, but the nonverbal language. In our last episode... Mm-hmm. I spoke about uh, a time when I faced down a group that was definitely angry about some of the things that were going on. And you were talking and, to them, and yeah, I remember you telling the story. They were crossing their arms, they're frowning, they're not looking at you. That's right. And so, what became important to me was to create a safe environment to enable these people to feel comfortable talking about what was going on. Mm-hmm. I chose to disclose. I chose to tell them why I was there. And that provided something of a safety. I told them, look, I'm here to help you ultimately. And I had been able to provide them with enough other cues that I was not some evil spy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so providing that trust. And it comes from not just what you say, of course, Mm -hmm. but it comes from the way that you say things, the way you look when you're talking. Mm -hmm. So it's nonverbal language as well as the verbal language. And that all contributes to that sense of safety that takes down the level of risk and that fear of vulnerability that people talk about. Yeah, it, it does. And uh, also uh, another thing that we've spoken about multiple times is in a conversation, especially when there are multiple people, monitoring not just the content and the nonverbal language, but who's talking and who isn't talking. That's right. You have to keep you have to keep an eye out on everybody. It's a little bit like patting the head and rubbing the tummy. You know, you can't too much attention paid to what people are doing and you've lost focus on the topic too much focus on the topic, you lose your ability to pay attention to what people are doing that can give important clues about what they feel. So it's constantly monitoring. The other thing I'll add is injecting a little bit of a note of humor. Mm-hmm. Like Chris Rock humor. Did. Yeah. Chris Rock injected humor. Right. And it was helpful. Did it totally eliminate the awkward silences? Mm-hmm. No, it didn't, because he was making people uncomfortable on purpose, I think. To make something happen. That's right. But the thing that he also did that helped that other people can do when they're having these conversations that I think really helped is he said, look, we have this issue. There, There is an issue of lack of diversity. But, you know, it's it's not malicious. You know, it's it's he called it, you know, this it's a sorority uh, discrimination. You know, Rhonda, we like you, but you're just not a Kappa. Say a little it's, bit of humor, a little bit of humor. But the point he was making is that there's a problem. Nobody is evil here. We have to really focus on what we want to happen. It sets a tone for safety. Yeah. And safety is the foundation for critical conversations to be successful. And so that this brings us to the next question, which is, okay, there's all these things we have to keep track of. When should we be thinking about bringing in somebody to help us with this issue? The more sensitive the issue and the more emotionally charged it is, the more important it becomes, the greater potential 
upside there is to bringing somebody in who's experienced with finding the issues, Mm -hmm. being able to notice what's going on, being able to pat the head, rub the tummy at the same time Mm -hmm. and and generally collaborate with everybody Mm -hmm. in the sense of saying, I'm going to help you to create that safe environment so you can feel vulnerable, so we can amp up the nature of the conversation and really make the things happen that we want to have happen that are going to be big stakes. And if there are disparities in power, obviously it it can also help because it it sort of puts a buffer in. It depends on the issue. I will say there are times to go it alone. Right. If you are dealing with your peers and you are good at all the other things we are talking about. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's something that, again, it's an escalating thing. Right. You have to choose when you're going to bring somebody in. Mm -hmm. The more complex the issue is Mm -hmm. and the higher the stakes, the more it makes sense to bring somebody in. Okay. So Pam, we've talked about the elephants in the room and the things that feed them and some of the things that can be done to diffuse the situation and move forward. Any final thoughts in this episode? What Chris Rock demonstrated was the courage it takes to be vulnerable and call out the elephant in the room. This courage is necessary in any organization to open up the conversations that are going to be a springboard for the decisions and all the actions that follow. The truth is the only way the elephants are really going to be eliminated is to thoroughly address the issues that are feeding them. And this is just one of the decisions that we as leaders need to make in order to accelerate momentum on our journey to success year after year. Thanks, Pam. And thanks to you out there for listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To check out resources related to today's conversation, download the report, How to Take Control of the Elephants in the Room, share on social media, find out about upcoming episodes, or open a conversation with us, go to growthignitersradio.com and select episode 175. Until next time, this is Pam Harper and Scott Harper wishing you continued success and leaving you with this thought. So what elephants are lurking in the corners of your rooms and how are you going to bring them out? Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio are service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses, including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated, are prohibited. All rights reserved.